0: the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. Not only do I do the members club, I also have additional services in consultancy programs and coaching as well. So you're going to want to come and check that out over at ncrealestate.co.uk and before we get started on this week's podcast i want to let you in on something that i am doing over the next couple of weeks i think you'd be really interested in it so on monday the 21st of september at 7pm uk time I'm hosting a webinar called buying a deal in a seemingly inflated market, how to hit your goal to buy another property before the year is out. If that is for you and you're looking to buy another property before the end of this year, 2020, I'm going to put a link to join that webinar in the show notes of this podcast and you are going to want to check it out. All of my webinars are so much fun. Honestly, it's pure educational resources that you can take away and do something with. We have a lot of fun. You're allowed to ask questions. We are going to have the best time. So again, if you want to come and join that webinar, buying a deal in a seemingly inflated market, click the link below. You need to register so that I can send you the details of how to join. Again, it's going to be so much fun. And if you're coming, I cannot wait to see you there. So let's get into today's podcast and it's very similar to the webinar idea dear. and the webinar is actually going to be an extension of this podcast so i want you to listen to this pod and then think oh actually Natasha i'm going to come and join you in the webinar to get a little bit more um information on this so today i'm talking about can you buy a property investment deal right now so i'm sure you have seen across social media the news you read that the housing market in the UK is going through a boom. And the reason that they're saying that's happened is because Nationwide are reporting that prices are 3.7% higher than this time last year, and Halifax are reporting that house prices in August were 5.2% higher than in the same month last year. So that is a... 5% rise between now and last year. Zoopla reporting that properties currently listed for sale have an unadjusted median asking price of 12% higher than a year ago. But of course, asking price can be negotiated on. So that's kind of one warning sign within the market that I see a lot of investors going, oh my gosh, I would not invest right now. There is no way. The market is too high. It really isn't for me. Uh, I'm going to wait until there is a crash next year. Now, estimates, and this is me gathering all of the research and information and data, because you guys, if you know me by now, you know that that is the sort of thing that I love to do. Estimates are saying that in 2021, house prices could fall between 3% to 13%, and The reason for this hike and then this fall is because at the moment there are incentives to buy property. We've got the stamp duty cut. We have seemingly lower interest rates, seemingly larger options for the types of mortgage that we can have. And obviously the market was closed during COVID from May to June. There wasn't really any activity at all to the extent where we've had unprecedented things happening in the market where there's no reporting. Land registry are not reporting their data or they weren't during this time. Rightmove weren't reporting this data during this time. And the reason being is that transactions were so low that. They couldn't really give any accurate data on where house prices were. And house price, houses that were completing or properties that were completing had probably been agreed pre pandemic. So this was just buyers had gotten too far, or they thought, you know what, it's fine. And they wanted to keep on moving forward, which I don't see any problem with. I know there were people who were pulling out, but, you know, if you think about it, it probably was still a good idea to move forward providing you weren't asking for stupid amounts of money you know the market fluctuates it's what being in the property investment industry is all about so after that period of time the market opens people can leave their houses again and during that period people have had time to think about what they want from their homes i mean We had a luxury or non luxury of being in our house for months on end, thinking about the things that we liked, or for some people, just thinking about the stuff that they absolutely hated and wanted to change ASAP. And also, those people who kept their jobs were able to save quite a lot of money during this time. If you had a full time income and your living expenses were staying the same, but your social expenses weren't or your lifestyle expenses weren't, that you weren't spending money on that, you were able to chuck that in a savings account. So there was this perceived more money, more people had savings and it starts focusing people's attention. What do I need from my property? What should I be buying next? And so the minute the market opens, people flood to it. They flood to it because now all of a sudden, first time buyers or people who only have one home can buy a house without stamp duty. Fantastic. That at the higher end of the market saves quite a lot of money. Um, Number two, they see these stupidly low interest rates and they're like, right, I am going out and buying property. Uh, investors who had been pent up all summer wanting to spend their money because it wasn't making them anything in the bank like yes I'm getting out and buying and then sellers are thinking well seeing as there's buyers out there with cash we're going to put it on the market and we're going to sell and that's really what we've seen in the end of the summer and with so many market players out there now you know really active, really excited about the market, really want to get going. Those people who may not have um, had work during the pandemic were still are still on the furlough scheme. So they could still get a mortgage whilst being on the furlough scheme. Their income was just looked at at that 80% level rather than a 100% level. So all of this has really been you know, bolstering the market. People have been excited. People have wanted to get involved. First time buyers are like, yes, I want to go and buy property. That's pushed house prices up. Now, there are a couple of things that we really need to be aware of on the flip side of this, because I think you can get caught up in news articles and what the press is saying without looking at actually what's going on in the market. And the fact that everybody's like, well, I wouldn't buy right now anymore because it's going to be a huge dip in the market means that all of a sudden people are jamming on the brakes. And the other thing that we're seeing is some sort of credit crunch at the less wealthy end of the market. Mortgage lenders have pulled their riskiest products, so you're no longer getting those 95% products you're also not really seeing the 90 or 85% products. Yes, there are a few around, but as one mortgage lender said to me, he had to get on the phone first thing and there was only 10 of those options available. And then once that door had closed for that lender to look at those products, you had to phone back the next day. So it's not actively available as it was if we think back to February. And they've raised borrowing rates if they are lending at The riskier end of the market. So there's higher loan to values. And they've tightened up lending criteria because, after all, they want to make sure that you can afford this going into the future. They're not going to lend to someone who's at risk of losing their job. So now they need that confidence, that reassurance that that person that they're lending to is still going to have their job in six months' time. And so, thinking about that. We then have to start looking at a balance of the market, right? So we've got this lower end who are super excited to go out and get a brand new house. You know, we've got more money because we don't have to pay stamp duty, so we can put that onto the market. But hold up. Oh, I don't know if my job's guaranteed. And okay, I don't know if a lender's even going to lend to me. And then you, and then. They start pulling back because it actually doesn't become an option for them to be able to buy on the salary that they're on with the money in the bank because they've only saved up a five to 10% deposit. Whereas at the higher end of the market, those buyers who maybe are selling you know, a medium sized family home who can upsize and they're upsizing and they're saving all of that money on stamp duty they've got a lot lot of equities so they've got the less risky mortgages you know they've got the 50% loan to value they're thinking wow interest rates are cheap i'm getting it at around 1% i'm going to buy at that higher end of the market so the 500,000 pound maybe around that 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 kind of level and they're saying wow well, if i've got an extra 5 10,000 pounds in My back pocket because I don't have to pay stamp duty. I am more than happy to jump into the market and bid up a little bit. You know, it's not going to affect how much money I can borrow because I've got such a low mortgage anyway. I can afford that extra five to ten thousand pounds. You see, so the smaller inflation at the higher end of the market can cause the market overall to look like it's gone up in value. You see, these figures can be deceiving, but people tend to get sucked into what they see in front of you. Oh my goodness, the market has risen. I shouldn't be buying right now. I should wait for everything to fall over a cliff in the next couple of months. Well, hold on. Hold on. How do we know that in six months' time it's going to fall over a cliff? Now, one thing I will agree with and I will agree with this, is that property prices or asking prices, what they're going on the market for, um, are extortionate, are absolutely extortionate. And it does make me chuckle a little bit. So if you remember back to the start of 2020, if you can remember back that far, I bought a two-bedroom apartment in Bath and I bought it for £260,000 although I believe the value should have been around £300,000 based on my valuation of the flat below, which I also own, which was valued at £300,000. They're pretty much an identical floor plate. I would actually say that they're the same square footage, just laid out a little bit differently. Um, But the one that I bought this year has a bigger living space, maybe a smaller bathroom space. Now, about £300,000 was really where I thought the market should be for central Bath at that time. It's a great area. It's good transport links. It's super central. And for any of you who love a good Wagamamas or um, an Italian, it's right across the street. You could phone them up and they'll bring it over to the door. That's the kind of um, city centre location that these flats are in. And I thought, do you know what over the course of the pandemic it may fluctuate a bit but it's not going to fluctuate a huge amount i look at the mar- i look at the market this week i mean come on it's me i'm always looking at what's on the market and what's going on a stone's throw from this from the flat that i bought on broad street there's a two bedroom top floor walk up which is exactly the same size as mine on the market for 395 thousand pounds. My jaw (laughs) literally was like, what on earth? There is absolutely no way I have made £135,000 on this property in seven months. No chance. No chance. So I get it. People are chancing their arm. Um, a smaller flat on the same road, still a two bed, but a two bed at 500 square feet, it's got to be a tiny two bed, Um, has come to market at 335. And I still think that that's um, expensive as well. But, you know, you can only ask for what you would like to get, whether you're going to get it or not, is a completely different story. So I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm not blind to the fact that people are chancing their arm, trying to... Overinflate these prices and seeing what they can get. And the idea being that at properties uh of around three hundred thousand pounds, if you're a first-time buyer, you now wouldn't need to um you wouldn't need to pay stamp duty on that. And I've got my stamp duty calculator right here because this is what I'm doing nowadays. Um, so on that flat at £300,000, if I was just a first, first time buyer, stamp duty free. So if I was just, um, changing homes, I was selling my current home, moving into that one, my stamp duty would be £5,000. As an investor, it's £14,000. Well, it would have been £14,000. But now, um, You know, if you're moving into that flat, you wouldn't have to pay the stamp duty. But, okay, say that flat is around £300,000. You can't put £95,000 on it and expect someone to come in and buy it. I would be gobsmacked. And what I have actually thought to myself, me always taking the tactical approach, if someone buys that flat at £395,000, I am going to my mortgage lender and saying, look how much this property has gone up by in the last seven months, I'd like a second loan on this one, please. And I'll go and buy myself something else. (laughs) Just if that happens, I'll let you guys know. But it just seems like someone's trying their luck. So we get it. Things are coming to the market overpriced. You're looking at it and thinking, I am not into it. I'm not going to go and uh, start negotiating. It's been a long year. I'm tired. Like, come on. Everybody get a grip. I feel you. 2020 has been a lot. And if you're now seeing people who just look like they're taking the mick in the market, you're going to be frustrated. But let's do a reframe, guys, because I know that there are so many of you out there who were were unable to move towards their property investment goals during the middle of this year because we weren't able to get out. I get it. So let's have a bit of a a reframe. So let's take this 300,000 pound example anyway, and start thinking about how can we actively go out into the market and buy something at a price that I would want to pay for it right now. So, for example, I, I believe, I'm going to say I believe because the market could change right in front of me, but I do believe that a two-bed flat in bath right now should be around £300,000. Okay, it's not a cheap city to buy in whatsoever. But capital values do increase pretty quickly. And whilst you are buying a leasehold property pretty much all of the flats in Bath come with 999 year leases so it's pretty good ground rents are usually a peppercorn and the leases are usually pretty leaseholder friendly um and that's because they were drafted at the start of leasehold and they're doing the things that leasehold was meant to do i know that there is problems now in leasehold and that's that's a conversation for a different day but for now Two, two bed flat around £300,000 you'll get a rental income of as a single let of 1050 to 1100 pretty standard maybe if you have a top of the range flat you'd be going for the 1250 to 1300 mark but I always account worst case scenario so I know that I could definitely get 1050 for that for a two bed flat in the centre of Bath no problem. Okay so Apparently, over the last 12 months, that's gone up by 5%. So if we do, guys, I bought my calculator. If we do £300,000 plus 5% equals £315,000. So apparently, in the last 12 months, I would have made £15,000 on that flat. roughly if it's gone up by that amount of money now then we're also being told that property prices could fall by 13% so minus 13% means that actually that value is at around 274,050 pounds great so now we have a starting price for negotiation so even if i was to go to um I was, to, I was to go to an viewing on a property that was worth, they're, they're asking 335. I would still go with the mindset that I was going to try and get that below 300,000. And then, you know, worst case scenario next year. And by the way, we don't know for, example, for sure what's going to happen with the market. I am crystal ball thinking right now. So come with me for the ride. So say, you know, we've we've taken, we've gone up 5%, so, th- so 300,000 plus 5%, we've now dropped 13%, so we're at 200, 274,050 pounds. Fantastic. I know that supposedly worst case scenario comes true with the estimates. M- my property would be worth 274,000 pounds. This is taking UK wide estimates. It will be different area on area. Okay, so that's roughly where I want to get. Property prices on average grow between around two to three percent per year, more if we're in a boom, but plus two percent. So that brings us up to about 280,000 pounds for this time next year plus another 2% for the following year for when my fixed term comes to an end, unless you're doing it for five years, means that roughly I should be trying to get this flat for anywhere around £285,000. Does that make sense? Now what I'm doing is I'm bringing to the table some critical thinking about where roughly the market is going to be. I have assumed that over the last now you may be starting with today's comparable evidence i haven't gone and looked at what's sold on the street i did a couple of weeks ago nothing else was sold on the street since um i bought mine actually strangely enough or it's because land registry are not collecting the data something might have sold okay um i bought it for 260 i reckon it's worth 300 so we're going with 300. um so really, realistically, in two years time, maybe it'd be worth around 285, assuming that we don't have a boom. I'm just giving you some th- some thoughts of how you can think about logically entering into a market that, yeah, it looks inflated because people are putting things on the market that's too high and offering at a reasonable price. Because... The guidance in how house house prices have moved really should inform us or help us plan for how much we should be offering and where our maximum is. Now, I've just kind of done fag packet calculations there and I've actually allowed myself to lose money on that. But, you know, that's fine. I'm just saying that there is ways of beating the market. And then what you can also do is agree a purchase price and then fix the mortgage for five years and give the market a chance to bounce back. Now you do again need to be looking at indicators of demand. Would people actually want to buy your property? That may sound crazy, but gone are the times where you can buy something, not do anything to it. And if it's in a Awful area where no one would actually want it, or if it's in an awful condition that no one would actually want it, just pop it back on the market and expect to get, you know, the most amount of money you can from it. No. Either you buy something, not in good condition, make it beautiful, know you can sell it on, or you think, eh, actually, this property is so heavily discounted that nobody would want it. The other thing is that maybe you're not buying this for capital increase maybe you're buying this for the rental yield in which case you've just got to assume that your property will hold value for the test of time however your hold however long your hold period is and again that's for you to decide but that you can always make sure that you're going to get a whatever rental income you want from that property Your job then is to always negotiate the best possible mortgage products that are going to allow you to do that. Now, you do not want your property to just stay like flat line at the current level. You do want it to be in an area that rises with market averages on a year-on-year basis. But this is all to do with your strategy. Then we need to move on to the fact that, okay, so you now know roughly how much you would want to pay for this property. The next thing is getting over that hurdle of being nervous to go and view something that you know it's not worth that much money. I am going to reiterate the fact that sellers are always going to chance their arm. They're going to try their luck. Why wouldn't you? You would be the same. You want to put your property on the market and get the maximum you possibly can for it. And especially in a high moving period of time. You want to be getting that maximum amount of money. I get it. So assume that you're going into a property with a seller who wants to get the most for their property shop. Okay. From there, you've got somewhere that you can negotiate. You can think, okay, right. What would I want to pay for this property? based upon my calculations, based upon what I know of the local area. And that's the maximum you pay. You're going to need stamina. You are going to need endurance because your job in this current market is to stand the test of time. You want to be the buyer who is there when a lender says to a a buyer, actually, we're not going to lend at that rate or we're not going to lend it the price that you've agreed. Or you want to be there when no one else will offer and you put in a decent offer and say, hey, this is what I'm giving you. And the good news is, is that you can go on the Land Registry website and find out how much they paid for it previously so that you know that they're not losing out on it and you're still giving them a good offer. Unless obviously you're buying a new build. Um, or it's not traded hands for the last hundred years. Okay, I get it. There's exceptions to the rule. But as a general rule of thumb, you can do that and start looking at those sorts of things. And then also remember that provided you're doing your stress test, right, on the rental income that you would bring in, and providing you're buying a property that tenants would desperately want to live in, or when I say desperately, they would love to live in, you know, you've got nice space for live work play if that's what they need to do I know that um, England is going back into some sort of lockdown I get it so people are looking for that live work play space rather than these small cramped tiny spaces you are putting yourself in a good position because as investors we should have a 25 percent deposit anyway so that brings us out of that really high risk mortgage product range. And if we can get over the stress tests and we can afford to uh, pay for this property, we're actually in a really strong position, really, really strong position. So that actually puts you better place to be able to offer a pretty decent offer and still get yourself a deal. And then, okay, the market might fluctuate over the next six months. It might fall off a cliff fine. Doesn't mean it can't bounce back. You know, it doesn't stay low. There's always that bounce back. And you're in the property industry for the long term, or at least I hope you are. If you're planning on doing flips right now, probably not the best time for you. But if you can hold on to it for five, six, seven, eight, ten, twenty 10, 20 years, you know, chances are looking back historically, if you're buying in a in-demand area then property prices are going to start bouncing back again it's all about who wants to live in the area the demand and making sure that you're not overpaying but look you also see on social media all of the information about uh investors being downvalued see lenders will not let you borrow or agree a price that's over where they think the market is at right now. and they are going to tell you that and you are not going to get lending on it. So with that information as well, you can then go back and negotiate on it. You know, everything is open for negotiation. and whilst other investors are scared or don't want to be in the market buying property right now, that is good news. And as more and more people start thinking, "Oh, heck, no! No, this market is now overvalued. I'm not getting involved in that. I'm not spending more of my money than I would do in six months' time. Well, guess what that's going to do? It's going to pull the demand out of the marketplace. Prices are going to come down. Or at least you are going to be in a strong negotiating position because there'll be no one else uh, looking at that property. And you can buy something at a really good price. And then six months time when the market falls over a cliff, everybody enters the market to snap up a deal. You can think, hmm, do you know what? I did pretty well at the back end of last year. There we have it. It's my take on the market at the moment. I know we're at the end or we're not even at the end. We're coming up to quarter four of a very turbulent year. And it seems like we're still very much in the thick of it. And I get it. I do get it. It's a tough time to be out there, but don't let the excuses put you off from trying to achieve what you set out to achieve this year. Don't do it to yourself. There are still plenty of opportunities. There's plenty of people who need to sell quickly as more and more um, probate happen. I can't say the tense of that right, but You know, HMRC and probate have started, you know, opening up and processing records faster. There's going to be people out there who need to sell pretty quickly. There's going to be people out there who want to move on to a new property and need to sell their old property pretty quickly. And you would be able to get that at a fair price or even a very, very good deal. So do not let the scaremongering, the crazy global figures or, you know, UK wide figures put you off. Concentrate on your market know what you are aiming for do a bit of kind of shifting around to see you know what's worst case scenario on this property and if i if i held on to it for a couple of years how would that look and then do your best negotiating there are still deals out there to be had you can still hit your property goals this year it's all there for the taking this is mindset this is not listening to what everybody else has to say. This is mindset. Get in the mindset that your job right now as a property investor is to show some endurance, know your figures, understand your local market, the market you're looking in and persevering regardless and making sure that you're prepared to negotiate. Don't feel bad about negotiating. It's all part of a property transaction. So again, if you want to come to my webinar and actually see the strategies in action and how you should be thinking about it right now and how to hit your goal to buy another property before the year is out, those are exact strategies. Click the link below to register. This webinar is called buying a deal in a seemingly inflated market. That's going to be on Monday, the 21st of September at 7pm BST. Still British summertime, UK time. I would be so excited to see you there. I hope this podcast has been useful. I still have great faith in the property investment market and the things that it can bring. I hope you do too. Thank you for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.